Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 147. I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me today, we have a Talus Marvelous and Sayer Timono. What's going on? Ooh, it's an epic multiple of 49. That's neat. Oh, it's the three squirrel times that, that is huh? running Sayer's brain has decided to be weird as hell as usual. That just means we're getting Hi. really close to six years. We're getting That's close to six neat, years. We're also weird. getting close to a thousand followers on Twitch. We've been close Aww. to a thousand followers on Twitch for like two years. Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a thousand followers for crying out loud. <laughs> we only need like 90 more or something. Yeah. Well, harass your friends. Don't harass your friends. Unless it's something you like to do, then harass your friends. But also maybe treat your friends because it'll be funny. <sighs> maybe treat your friends a little better. I mean, they're your friends, right? You should be nice to them. Well, friends are made to be harassed. Wait, well, you said true. we're friends. And I harass you. Uh, this story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you guys been the last two weeks? We're off to a rocking weird day, guys. Just so you know, Ooh. this episode started off the rails and only gets worse. <sighs> that's that's Dude. an average episode. It's been really True. hot here, and I have been having so much trouble sleeping. It's been hot a lot of places. We've had, uh, like, three or four 100-degree days in the last uh, two weeks. Um, almost every day has been over 90. So, yeah. Not fun. I'm I, so I, glad I live by the sea. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it must be nice to have a nice regulated temperature and... Uh, but then you have to deal with all the people, unfortunately. So I How's was... that cost of living? Uh, it's great, actually. It's better huh. than yours, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's not paying a lot. <laughs> Your rent is twice as much as my monthly expenses combined. I think I'm doing all right, bro. Uh, I have I central air, so I don't care. <laughs> Mine probably isn't, but I also have unusually low rent for the area. And I will save you all one of my many rants about the housing market and the price of housing. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, bad. And yes, Nignar today was very nice in Minnesota in comparison to what we've had, but it still hits the mid-80s. But uh, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Uh, I made some more submersible bits. I absolutely failed to get myself to go into Zadnor, even though I really, really wanted to. And uh, a friend got me a game on Steam that involves solving puzzles where you're an alchemist, and I confused class with it. It looked very confusing. I programmed that entire, all the machines I showed you, because you have to build and program them yourself. I mean, it looks interesting. It's just not the kind of game that I'm used to playing. That's, Zachtronics does good stuff. That's as fun as jumping off a cliff. Hey, some people like those kinds of puzzles, like me. And some people like jumping off cliffs. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> See you at the bottom, Klaus. Whee! I'm coming with you. Any, anything else you've been up to, sir? Um, we're getting ready for summer learning at the library. I mean, we've already launched some of the 
uh, some of the base program, like the summer reading program and various other things like that are always a really big thing in the libraries, okay. it, public libraries. So the actual reading program launched a week or two ago, but we've got a bunch of other programming that we're doing. Uh, I am helping run a thing for entrepreneurship for underestimated teens, which is a term that you, uh, the partner we're working with used that I really like. Like teens who have skills but often get overlooked or don't get the opportunity to show it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, those are really good hires, usually. Yeah. Historically. And so we are going to be giving them a chance to, like, start their own small businesses and the like. Uh, the one that we're working with actually provides access to mentors and even a little bit of seed capital. So oh, wow. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Crazy. Yeah. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. It what, does. What about There's you? There's a lot of work to be done for it, though. Yeah, I'm sure. And what about you, Marvelous? So... Uh, I had a Corolla that I had picked up from one of my old bartenders that was part of the Marvelous Motors project, and I finally got enough stuff removed that I was able to take the head off the block because it needed a new head gasket. The problem is, there's a head, and there's a block, and there's a gasket between them. What I ended up with was two parts to a head, Ooh. a gasket that was completely disintegrated, and a block that looked like Swiss cheese, not in the fun way. Oh mm. boy, so that sounds like it's probably t more work than it's worth. For a 4A block, technically no. However, I'm looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 in parts. And my average inbound to outbound car for this nonprofit is somewhere in the like $400 to $600 range. So yeah. I was like, I can't. Mm. I can't. So it, it, unfortunately not fixable, but I did get to work on it, learn a bunch of stuff, sell a bunch of parts anyway, and make some more funds. So everything else worked out fine. I mean, as long as it didn't turn out to be a complete loss, I mean, I'm sure there were things that were salvageable on it. Sometimes. And there are some things that are a loss. Um, the Mazda that I got last Christmas was a loss. Um, a few things have just literally showed up. Uh, the van caught fire the day I got it. The HHR needed two modules that I couldn't acquire at all so i had that was toast uh but a lot of stuff i have been able to get fix and flip out of here i've got a honda civic crx like a month and a half ago that was here for like two days it needed like a fluid change and a valve cover gasket and spark plugs and i was like that's a hundred dollars <laughs> took like no work it was great tune up basically basic straight up two Chris Fix videos and you know how to do this. <laughs> it was fun. Chris Fix is freaking awesome. I've gone down that rabbit hole. He's great. That dude started his career path wanting to be a culinarian in real life. He went to cooking school, decided he didn't want to work in a kitchen till two in the morning every day. Reasonable. Then he went and got a marine biology degree and realized that the weirder. thing he liked doing was tutor was tutoring other students and helping other students learn. He liked teaching. And then he looked at teaching as a job and went, that's not me. Then he looked at YouTube seven or eight years ago and went, I bet you I could do something with this. And now he's Chris Fix. So obviously it worked out for him. That's insane. Life is weird. Yes, it is. Never underestimate the path. The path can be weird. The end result can be amazing. Absolutely. Um, as for me, I have been working on uh, Zadnor more. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I was able to reach level 25, rank 25. Um, nice. 
I am working on gathering a whole bunch of components that are needed to get to the next step of the relic weapon. Holy shit. I have to gather 180 different things. It's in, it's, it still sounds like it's less of a grind than uh, previous uh, ones of the route. Like, you have to gather a lot of stuff, but it's in a way that's a little more streamlined. It's a little better. You either have to gain them by running through CEs or um, uh, fates in each of the three different zones of Zadnor, or you run um, uh, 24 man, or no, uh, normal series raid content for um, Alexander, uh, Delta Escape and um, Eden. So, I mean, it's real easy to get the first level stuff because you just all you need to do if you spam um, uh, one and four, those are like super fast. You know, the oppressor and the uh, manipulator. Yeah, that's real, real super. Oh, easy is that stuff. like a Final Fantasy Tactics chapter title? You're probably not wrong, but um, technically it's the manipulator and the sub subservient, but close same, enough. same, same, same. So I was, I've been running that. Um, I had to go through at work. I had to go through a uh, presentation on um, ransomware. That was entertaining. We just had one of those. Two oh, actually. God. Except this one is more along the lines of how to prevent it or not prevent it or how to best prevent it, try to best prevent it or recover from it so you're not like, you know, completely destroyed. Yeah. Ours was pretty much about how to avoid getting hit by it in the first place. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to... If the individual person is more likely to be able to get away from it. A mm. large organization, um, it's not if, it's when. And that sucks. And yeah. as a network administrator, it's doubly sucks. <laughs> so they are definitely uh, listening to not currently in the chat. Sorry, go ahead. They are definitely listening to any of the high priority notifications you send out to them, Klaus. Yes, they they read all of my emails. I know they do. Not the pirate cats are saying the thing. Yes. Yeah, Pyrocats works in IT, and she had to do that with all of her uh, with her teammates a few weeks ago. Uh, I won't get into too many details, but a lot of money that did not need to get spent got spent, and a lot of training mm. that is common sense was not common. Common sense. Is she texted less me and, and asked where I got Chew High. She was <laughs> like, "Where did you get Chew High?" Also, I'm going to Costco to buy ibuprofen. Do you need anything? And I was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> if that's where you're at, that, it's not oh, going to get no. better that, before that, it gets worse. <laughs> that sounds exactly like a, uh, a, a, a ransomware meeting. So, yeah. When the IT department is only four people, everybody knows what everybody's doing. If something weird happens, it's not hard to figure out what went wrong. Yeah, ours isn't much bigger. So, yeah, it's... Yeah. But, but we're we're also trying to keep up with um, 450 different computers. Yeah. The library 
The librarians understand the importance of data security, but for the city as a whole, it may be a bit more of a mixed bag. Yeah, moral of the story is if 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 somebody in your IT department emails you, just fucking read it, please. Also, maybe like buy them a beer, or you know we 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 take donuts too. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not confirm. so much. Fire um, cats can be bribed. Well. I, my problem is, is I had too many donuts lately, so I'm having to actually start back on my, uh, my lifestyle change. I don't like calling it a diet, so to speak, but, um, we're going back on and trying to, uh, go back and lose some more weight, so. COVID was not friendly for me, and then since I hurt my back on that run, yeah, it's been, it's been a tough road. COVID was not friendly for anyone. Yeah. But we're going to try. I love and how you're trying to lose weight, and I went and bought one. <laughs> I, I got lots of weight I can give you if you want it. Nah. Wrong kind. I'm good. <laughs> Alright. But you know what? That's enough depressing shit. Let's talk about some good stuff. How, how about a giveaway? Let's talk about Ooh. a giveaway. Oh, yes! You're so, awesome people yes. and we want to give Follow you stuff. Up. Yes. So, last episode... You know, we wanted to hear from you guys and uh, uh, hear your ideas for a game genre you want to see a Final Fantasy game made for. You know, we had that whole announcement of uh, the they're going to be sh talking about a Final Fantasy Souls-like at the Square Enix event tomorrow during E3. Um, and we actually I thought had... I wish we could have done the show tomorrow just so we see how that turned out. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll be able to talk That's about life. it in a month. But uh, anyway, uh, we had gotten a tweet from Zelgatus14. They immediately suggested a survival-style game. Uh, and that got me intrigued on how that would actually work. So, we want more ideas, guys. A and to help get those creative juices flowing, we are going to host a giveaway where we will be giving our favorite entry... A $50 gift card of your choice or $50 worth of items from the MOG station. Um, and we're also going to give away two $25 gift cards or items from the MOG station to two runners up. So, how do you enter? Email us at podcast at phoenixstarmradio.com with your ideas, as well as what the base premise would be. So, don't just say that you want a uh, Final Fantasy XIV dating simulator. Or, or no, it'd be a Final Fantasy uh, Decidia style. Um, that's the one we talked about pre-show, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want ev I want every single parry to be enabled. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, so we we want it like my Kuja Dash fanfic will come to life. <laughs> <laughs> no, get out. Uh, well, Marvelous was talking. He wants to have Edgar versus Zidane. There it is. You pick who you want, and your other, the other person is your rival, and you have to try and date everybody throughout the different Final Fantasy games. So we want to hear your not gonna ideas. I'm not going to lie, I'm not dating Rydia. Nah, she seems like I'm a lot of trouble. I'm not dating Rydia. Just, there's too much going on. Like, that seems like too much work. Clearly no. not beforehand, but even after the age up? Okay, let me ask you something. As a children child of the 80s, I want to talk to you about a little show called Tenchi Muyo. I never saw that. And you know exactly what? where this is headed. You haven't seen Tenchi Muyo? Okay, well, Sasami is nine. Sasami is nine. In the OAVC is 600. She still has the same character design. The answer is still no. Okay? 
<laughs> not dating Rydia. Not happening. I don't know. But Tifa? Let's talk about it. Freya? I might need a shot first, but let's talk about it. Like, we can figure this out. It could be a pretty Alcoholic interesting game. Alcoholic or vaccine? Yes. <laughs> also, well done. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you know, the, the, the S rank is going to be Quinna. She can cook. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Quinna is relationship. Get a woman right that makes there. you laugh. Get a woman that can cook. Get a woman that can clean. Get a woman that makes you happy. Make sure these four people never meet each other and you'll be just fine. <laughs> but, uh, uh... but anyway, be it is a dating sim, okay? <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's going to be hella problematic no matter what we do. So be creative with your with your ideas. Feel free to think outside of the box, and who knows how cool your idea could turn out. And we will yeah. be announcing winners during episode 148 on July 10th. Make it something that we will have like a half-hour discussion about. Wait, how would that work? Yeah, that would be amazing. Plus, you got a chance to get $50 worth of free cool stuff. So, yeah, we will look forward to your entries. Oh, man, now I'm having all sorts of ideas that I shouldn't say because I don't want to take away stuff for other people. <laughs> exactly. I do oh. like the, uh, the, was the survival game. My first thought was, like, can we go, like, Fallout 4 style where you're trying to build outposts and now each outpost is, like, you need a chocobo stable and an item and a weapon and an armor and a black magic shop and a white magic shop and you build up your outposts. That would be cool for a survival game. I would play the crap out of that for like 20 hours and then immediately forget about it. <laughs> or, I mean, is it going to be more like a, a Last of Us style game? Where it's I should a, check a, into a, how that would also doing, be cool. You know, a horror survival <laughs> style. Or even worse yet, it's going to end up being like a, a Resident Evil 8 and you're going to have a, a, a really tall monster lady chasing you. I feel like a many people view that as a plus. Yeah, it's going to be a Yotsuyu, but she's 10 foot tall. <laughs> a lot of people already want to pre-order a game that doesn't exist. How, <laughs> how do I pre-order a game that doesn't exist? I need, I need this in my life. See, it's that easy, guys. Just hoping we get a ho whole bunch of cool ideas that we can uh, read out on the next episode. That would be nice. I need that, by the way. I'm going to need that giant Yotsuyu in my life. Can we make this happen? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into some game and community news. So this was a uh, big couple of weeks for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, just two days ago, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade was released for the PlayStation 5, which includes episode Intermission, with our favorite ninja, Yuffie. Oh, they keep capitalizing that inter in part of it. It's like inter, like to bury? Is that intentional? No, not inter. Inter. I mean, it could be both. Like, just make the symbolism denser and weirder, and you're generally on the right track. Though I did die a few times, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so just a reminder to everybody who owns the PlayStation 4 version of the game, you do get to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version. However, you do not get intermission as part of that. You will have to pay 
$19.99 to get access to that. But it's worth it. I've been yeah, Yuffie. Everyone loves Yuffie. I've been streaming that the last two days. Yes, I was streaming again. Yay! <laughs> and okay, Doc. So I played that for a little. For I, I think I've gotten through about most of the first mission, and it's fun. It is a lot of fun. The graphics are amazing. Um, there's a lot of uh, dialogue going on. So, I mean, if you, if you played the, the original version, there was a lot of background dialogue going on as you walked around the different areas. There's plenty <laughs> of that to go around here. This is basically taking place um, right after uh, the, uh, um, the Sector 5 uh, bombing. Like, immediately after. So you've so you, uh, sector so it's seven like is woven still there. into the existing narrative rather than like a thing set after. Exactly, and um, you will encounter um, the other members of of the Avalanche group uh, from the original the original game remake game. So it's kind of neat to see them from a different perspective. Um, there's not a lot of interaction, but uh, you're working with a different cell of Avalanche. Um, when you get into Midgar. Right, that was one of the things that was never really made that apparent in the original FF7, and even in the remake they'd only talked about a little bit, that Avalanche wasn't just this one group, that it was this entire movement with a whole bunch of different separate cells. Yep, it is definitely a uh, bunch of uh, smaller <laughs> groups. Yeah, it, you may, it may, the original game made it seem like... Um, the group you're working with was Avalanche. Yeah. And it was all, that was the only group, but it's kind of neat to see that uh, there's, um, you're that group was actually kind of a, an offshoot group or a splinter cell as, as they're referred to in, in this game. Um, and that, uh, the, each of the different cells seems to have their own agenda, which is kind of interesting. Not that uncommon in a situation uh, like this. No. Having cells separate makes it that much easier that if one gets caught, the others can keep going. But they're also maybe, they may agree with the same overall goal, but have ideological differences about the best way to approach that or what actions are or aren't acceptable in it. Like, just from uh from a story perspective, it's really fascinating to look at all these uh, separate ones and the divisions that can arise through them as you go. Yeah, it's really nice to see that they're getting more in depth with the uh, the, the the kind of the more interpolitical uh, aspects of this type of uh, these types of organizations, um, and it, it's it, it makes it seem more interesting than it just okay. So you're a part of this group, big whoop. Now you've got a little bit more story behind what the group is, what their goals are. You know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, fun to see all of that. Um, as far as gameplay goes, it's very similar. It plays very similarly to the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, it should. Um, the only downfall uh, that I see with it is the fact that you only get to play as Yuffie. You do get the addition of Sonon very shortly into the game, but he is... Oh, <laughs> we got raided by underachieving Toku Sentai. What's going on, guys? Welcome. <laughs> you guys don't get it's to okay. hear also, that. That is a rad channel name. 
I believe in you. You can achieve your potential. Anyway, before Kefka scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why I put Kefka as the raid sound, so. So you get scared? Yeah. Well, he, oh. it, it's also just kind of a, a surprising thing, so it gets a better reaction. Um, anyway. All right, let's see here. Klaus enjoys fear. Good to know. No. Keep that later. Didn't say that. <laughs> um, Klaus denies his deeply held passions. We're getting a lot of good data here. <laughs> you know, me not saying anything is, is kind of counterproductive to having a podcast. He's paralyzed with fear. <laughs> We're doing a good job. Continuing on with what I was saying, um, you, you, Sonon basically plays as a completely support character, completely driven by AI. Um, but they have a new feature um, where they can uh, synchronize with each other and they start to uh, um, kind of synchronize their attacks against certain enemies and can do um, actions that uh, work together with them. I, in the trailers, you saw, you know, her riding around, you know, kind of perched on his pole and then he would fling her across. Right. So those kinds of moves are, are, are what you can do when you are, you know, kind of uh, synchronizing with each other. And it's, it's the amount of damage you can do is devastating. The AI. I wonder if there, Go ahead. I wonder if there was uh, some amount of uh, considering, okay, do we want to add another playable character uh, in terms of working out mechanics or stuff, working out a lot of things that would need to be done, something that could potentially kind of exist in its own right, as opposed to just in the context of Yuffie. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing, is, is they are going to have Yuffie as a playable character in the upcoming game, you know, in part two. But Sonon right, is so it makes only, sense to do that development for her. Yeah, but Sonon only is going to be probably playing in this game. So it probably doesn't make nearly as much sense. But it kind of takes away a little bit from the dynamic of the game where you can switch back and forth between the characters that you're play that uh, are in your party. Yeah, that so. was the thought I had. Like, it, if you can only have the one character, it feels just like the earlier parts of the main game or stuff like that, where you do only have the one, mm -hmm. and you lose a lot of that depth and richness that you got as you went through. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't take away enough to, to make it an unenjoyable experience. I mean, on the contrary, yeah. um, getting to see Sector 7 from a different perspective is refreshing, for one, um, and entertaining. Um, the other nice thing is they've added a new mini game based off of Fort Condor. Ooh. Well, it's called Fort Condor, but it's kind of a little, um, a little mini, um, RTS slash, um, uh, what do they call those games where, um, you, you put up, um, units in order to combat other, <sighs> yeah, that's an RTS, but I'm trying that to think of the, 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 Like tower defense? Tower defense. Thank for? you. Yes. It's kind of a, a, a combination RTS slash tower defense. Thank you for that. Um hmm. and you can earn you get new um boards that you can play as well as um units that you can place by you know going through the game. You'll find them in chests um or, or earn them from uh beating other NPCs. And it's it's very interesting. I yeah. played a few from games. What I, 
I saw a little bit about it. It looked like kind of a game board sand table type situation, which it makes sense. I, given the direction they've been going with this, I can't imagine that we'd actually end up having the free map roaming thing where we'd be able to go to Fort Condor, much less disrupting the flow of the narrative for that. Yeah. So this seems like the best way to actually get some kind of reference to that original content in this newer version. And, and who knows? You, we might actually still get to see Fort Condor. Because, you know, but I can't imagine we do it in the same way, like the OK, and now we are going to stop here for a bit and deploy this thing and come back every so often for prizes. Mm, you never know. It feels unlikely. At least. But uh, yeah, other new NPCs from Remake are in the game. Chadley is in the game again um, as uh, uh, Seven Deadly Streamers, a.k.a. Shake is saying um, one of the first fights you get is um, Ramu. And he kicked my ass a number of times. <laughs> he is a cheap bastard. It's always good. But um, it's... Excellent. It's, it's, so far, I'm really enjoying the game. I'm only, like I said, maybe halfway through, maybe not quite. But uh, it's definitely, I, if you have the game for PS5, it, it is definitely worth investing the additional $20 um, if you're upgrading from the PS4 to PS5 version. Um, otherwise, it is included uh, for those of you who don't have the game. If you buy it uh, for the PS5 straight up for uh, $70, it includes um, the uh, inter intermission um, DLC. So, yeah, I'm, I'll probably be streaming more of that over the next week. Maybe we'll finish it. Um, I do want to actually jump back into the regular game as well, just to see what the differences are between the PS4 and PS5 versions. You can actually bring your save over so you can continue on from where you're at in the PS4 version, which is very nice. That's always something that frustrates me about remakes or upgrades or things like that. The, oh God, I have to start all over. Yep. The only downside I'm seeing to this is because um, I have the physical version, I will always have to have my disc in the drive in order to play the game. Yeah. But it is what it is. It doesn't seem to slow anything down because, well, SSD load times are like super fast. So. So, yeah, that's. And if of... the disc is in and it launches, then it's fine. Because honestly, my Persona 5 Royal has been in my PS4 for like a year. Like I just, once it's in there, it's fine. It doesn't need to move. I mean, occasionally, um, in the PS3 and PS4, you actually had to pull data from the disc. It didn't install the entirety on your hard drive. But I think with the PS5, it's the entirety of the game. And some PS4 games may be the same way. The entirety is on the disc, so it's only to verify your ownership and then jumps into play. Yeah. I mean, the last thing they want is for you to, like, install it and then go give the disc to a friend or something. Yep, that's the that's the, the bit, probably the biggest thing with it. So, yeah, if you have a PS5, I strongly recommend you you get a Final Fantasy VII re, um, Remake Integrate. So. Yay, we did a review! <laughs> we did! Oh my god! All right. And um, another little bit of Final Fantasy VII news. Um... Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, just finished its first closed beta test on Android. And it was a pretty game. I had it downloaded on my phone, and I played it a little bit. It ran pretty smooth, and like I said, it looked nice. And that's about all the nice things I have to say about it. Oh, boy. Um, 
gameplay wasn't very good in my estimation or in, in, in my eyes. Uh, the worst part about it was the controls. The controls were horrible. But I mean, when you're isn't it, it a phone game? It's a, it is a completely mobile game. Yes. I mean, some of them have like really good intuitive controls, but like a mobile game feels like it lives or dies on that. The biggest issue is, you know, switching back and forth between your weapons and your loadouts is slow and clunky and trying to spin around your camera is very, very unintuitive and laggy. And I found Ooh. myself really uh, um, getting taking a lot more damage than I sh than I necessarily should have. You know, I mean, I've played enough, uh, you know, shooter games to know, you know, you need to be able to be able to basically have your head on a, on a, on a swivel so you can quick turn around, you know, when you're being attacked from behind or just to monitor your surroundings. You really can't do that, uh, at least with this control Ooh. scheme. It was very difficult to do. Um, but the one thing Ugh. is they did, um, have a, a, a survey at the end. So I made sure to mention that I had major issues with how their UI was set up and how their control scheme was. And I'm hoping that they that other people had similar issues. So they're able to make changes to it and make it a little bit smoother and more friendly. Cause I mean, you know, this isn't a very big, uh, screen to try and play, you know, an entire game off of including your control surfaces. I mean, if right. you had a, um, like a Bluetooth gamepad or one of those devices where you could, you know, attach it to your phone and then, and then play below that, that might be different, but not everybody but has you can't that. expect everyone to. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that they, uh, that they, um, are able to improve that. And I'm the last thing I'm hoping is that the final game does not have such a huge, um, thing where you need to buy things with in-game with real money you know in order to try and advance i'm hoping it's all going to be cosmetic stuff you know mm. like fortnite or any of those other games so yeah it's always tricky the thing i always worry about with these is when it gets to the point where it's like a closed beta like how much of the design decisions are locked in? How much can they actually feasibly change? You certainly hope they can, especially if it's mm -hmm. something that's game breaking. Yeah, I mean, because it's going to be very difficult. I mean, as pretty as a game is, if it if it plays, you know, if like if it has tank controls, it's going to be you know a hard sell for a lot of people nowadays. But I guess yeah. we'll see when they get into their next uh, beta phase. We're hoping that. Uh, that it goes a little bit smoother. Yeah. There was also a little bit of Final Fantasy Eleven news. Uh, they just, they popped up their June update. Where'd my mouse go? There we are. Oh, how are they still going? They're going and going and going. I was trying to see if I could get Eleven to run on the Raspberry Pi so I could actually play <laughs> it again. Uh... Not so good, huh? <laughs> uh, it does work, but I have to install an actual operating system and not just an emulator bootloader, and mm. that is a problem, because now that means I have to buy another Raspberry Pi, which is this not is a problem, except that I have a budget, and it 
This is how they get you. Well, Raspberry Pi is $35. Okay, case was fucking 15. I've got two power supplies. I have heat sinks. I have a Bluetooth controller. I have 228 gig SD cards. This was not $35. But and then you're going to need not. But you're going to get like another 10 and link them up together so that you can work out the untempering spell. Well, what you could, or you could just get uh, uh, VMware Fusion and boot and or Boot Camp for your uh, your Mac and Boot Camp. Uh, it would be Boot Camp. That would yeah. be the easiest way. Yeah, because uh, the uh, the VMware or the virtual boxes don't uh, do very good for hardware emulation, especially video. Honestly, honestly, Boot Camp Windows Seven because I don't need Ed with copy of Windows 10 this thing this computer's five years old and 11 runs on a toaster like it'll be fine yep. yeah there you go Ugh, effort but <laughs> uh yeah so the uh Final Fantasy 11 uh voracious resurgence gets their update um it's going to Ot Ergon so uh Raubon are Cornelia. they just gonna tie in like all the expansions again yeah basically so Robon, Cornelia, and Naja are taking center stage in, in this month's uh, version of it. There's a whole bunch of updates to things like Ambuscade, um, and there's a new login campaign where you can get a silver gun. Ooh. So, if you're still playing 11, you know, I know Nick Nar is. Naja Salahim. Forever loyal to Salheim Sentinels because she won't let me quit. <laughs> Have you seen that, man? You don't tr you don't cross nausea. You smile and nod and just let her add a couple more zeros to your debt. You're not wrong. You're not, and it makes me really upset that you can say it so plainly because it means that you're so far in that you know you can't get out. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I resigned myself to you're, it. You're basically Geralt, and uh, uh, you're, you're just completely in debt to... Uh, um... <laughs> this is how I live. This is how I will die. Yeah. All right. Um, and there was also a little bit of uh, miscellaneous news that uh, Marvelous was uh, kind enough to put into the notes, so take it away. So I went digging uh, because, spoiler alert, I haven't played 14 since like February. Um, <laughs> I have been playing a lot of randomizer stuff, but I just needed some other Final Fantasy related content. And that led me onto a rabbit hole of book reading and a, a friend of the podcast, uh, Betty White Mage off of Hyperion, <laughs> uh, sent me a link to a book called The Psychology of Final Fantasy Surpassing the Limit Break. So, casual reminder for the bookworms in the universe, the book is only $17, and it's insanely good. Um, it's a lot better than the Psychology of Blank series, uh, which seems to be a bit more plug-and-play with their logic and not very in-depth. Uh, Dr. Anthony Bean asks several questions within the book, including, how does playing Final Fantasy connect us with a larger sense of spiritual guidance as to who we are? And, related to us here on PDR... How do the musical interludes affect our psyche and push us to become better versions of ourselves? I've already put it in the chat. Uh, if you do like reading, you got the link? Sweet. Uh, if you do like psychology, if you like reading, and if you like twisting your mind ever so slightly in the good way, 
excellent book. It's on my Kindle. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, we also have a link in the chat that's going to be in the show notes as well. Uh, pick up a copy. You can also get it on Kindle for like eight bucks or something if you are more of a digital reader. Uh, but like I said, the actual book is only like 17. And it's a nice thing to have on the shelf. Uh, next thing I found was from FFTCG. Hold on. Oh, go for it. Um, it is an affiliate link, so uh, Phoenix Charmity will get a small kickback if you do decide to purchase a copy through that link. I feel like we need a better word than kickback. Eh, kickback's fine. Eh, you know what I mean. Kickback's fine. Three we appreciate cents. you helping to support the show. It supports the show. There we go. Yep. Buying, buying through our affiliate link helps support the show. Three whole cents. Ooh, <laughs> hey, man. suggesting buff. <laughs> yes <laughs> you buy from that link it will buff the show Ooh, <laughs> i like that yeah i like that anyway uh next thing digs into the thing that used to take my money before i started buying cars uh which is the final fantasy trading card game uh opus 14 crystal abyss is coming out on august 6th Talk to your friendly local game store and pre-order. They probably will sell out of pre-release kits and everything else because they have been for the last like five opuses. Uh, it features a bunch of super cool new art. There's also a list of about 12 new artists uh, within this specific opus. So if you like art, the FFTCG is very good for that. A notable additions to this one include full art versions of previous cards from other opuses, including the Emperor from Final Fantasy II, Wall from Brave, uh, Bravely something or another, uh, one of Mobius. the mobile games. Uh, Mobius, that's the one. And uh, the full art version of Estinian. And this is the good Estinian, not the stupid ones for S abilities. This is the good one that buffs all of your Dragoons. So for anybody that has played Magic before, it is a Lord effect, and it is awesome, and you want it. <laughs> uh, so they're being brought back as legendary full arts. The War of the Visions Final Fantasy Brave Exvius is also going to have some cards in this expansion. They are actually added to the game as a new title. So for title <laughs> format, you finally have another game to build with. I wish you the best of luck. There isn't even enough cards in this set to build a title deck yet, but someone's going to find a way to do it anyway. Please send me the list. I want to play it. Uh, <laughs> one new artist that we have is uh, Lisa Fujise. She contributed something that is hands down the coolest cloud art I have ever seen. I don't like Seven. This is the coolest cloud art I have ever seen. Um, oh, it's damn. not a full art yet. It probably will be because it's so good. Yeah. His eyes are glowing blue from Mako. I showed it to my FFT or my FF players the other night, and they were like, uh, and everybody that has seen Bleach is just like, so I know what inspired this artist to start drawing, <laughs> but it looks, it looks like a Zampacto, like, and he looks rad. Did so you go check out, uh, Klaus, I'm, <laughs> what squad is he on? Anyway, um, <laughs> But yeah, there's a link that we have uh, probably in the chat by now, if mm -hmm. not somewhere else. There. there it is. Uh, of that art, definitely check it out. It's super, super cool. I will have a copy of that card, Come Hell or High Water, which I will show up on the show. Uh, Final Fantasy adjacent news. This is where the, uh, the rabbit hole of, hey, we were supposed to do E3 this week, and E3 is tomorrow. Let's find stuff to do, led me. 
Uh, earlier this week, Netflix announced a whole ton of new anime that's coming to their platform. Last year, they announced there was a whole bunch of studios that they had signed up with. And this is kind of the start of the, hey, we actually produced things and we're going to be releasing them soon. Netflix announced a series called Exception. It's a horror anime. It's set in space. And the general premise is explorers uh, and terraformers are going to other planets in deep space. And the people that are the terraformers are printed using biological 3D printers, which sounds terrifying and weird. And the monster art is absolutely bone-chilling scary for all the promotional materials. So why in the world do we care? Because all of the character designs and all of the monster designs are done by Yoshitaka Amato. Yes, the actual... Nice. Yoshitaka Amano, famous for doing Vampire Hunter D book covers, among other things. Uh, yeah, if you've been around Final Fantasy long enough, you've definitely heard that name before. So we get to see Amano art animated. Nice. I don't even care what the plot is. I want to watch Amano art getting animated. <laughs> this is a still image, and it's already deeply unsettling. I did use the term bone chilling for a reason. Yeah, I'm closing this window. It's now. good. <laughs> yeah, good. I suppose I should link that. Don't too. leave that open. If you open your laptop and that screen is up, it's not my fault. <laughs> uh, but I, I linked. Uh, I linked one of Danica's articles over on Anime News Network. Uh, definitely check them out as well. So yeah, I mean, you know, with, since all the good news is coming tomorrow at like uh, noon my time. Um, that cover, you know, we don't get to, you know, say how cool the uh, new Souls game looks like, or, you know, the news on Final Fantasy 16 or, uh, 7 Part 2, so. We haven't even confirmed that, like, it's still rumor status. It's pretty, uh, uh it's still a, a pretty, it came from a, a very uh, reputable it, source. <laughs> It's a fairly solid rumor, but I always hold off, especially because if it's been passed through enough people who have added their own interpretation or their, oh, well, obviously it will have this. Well, obviously. I may, just, <laughs> I may just be jaded from the number of things I've heard people say are definitely canon in the lore community. You could have stopped at saying you may just be jaded. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you anyway. Oh. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, all the news we could find. Uh, if there's some interesting stuff that you found, you can always hit us up on our discord channel and, uh, you know, link it there where we can discuss it. Um, how will we put a link to that discord channel so you can join us. And, uh, we have a lot of interesting conversations that go on in there. So stop by and hang out. Always a good time. So... Like I said, we don't have a lot um, to discuss this week, but, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what we got in patch 5.55 in the last episode. Um, but this week, we're going to kind of uh, take the spoiler tags off of uh, the storyline and we'll discuss what all we actually got to see um, in part two of uh, um, the story, the ending yeah. storyline for Shadowbringers. Sarah? Yeah, just three quests but there was a lot packed into those three quests oh where to start lots of good stuff I there. Get, yeah i mean i guess we could start with the first of the three the company we keep uh we got 
we've been uh, pushing towards a lot of the unification with the Beast Tribes, and we finally got it. Uh, another meeting of the various Alliance heads at Alamigo, this time with seats at the table for the Beastmen. Not literally, several eagle-eyed uh, people pointed out that the table had no chairs for the Beastmen. Which, I mean, okay, a couple of them float, and I don't know what the Inata would have done, but they could have had, a, like, a chair for the Ixal or the Amalza or something. Realistically, I'm pretty sure they just don't have anything for those models that would have them sitting or stuff like that, and it's more a technical issue than anything else. Uh, rather than any type of actual story reason for it, but it was kind of entertaining. Uh, so we have been, of course, moving towards that as uh, ever since we discovered the cure for tempering. Uh, and as part of that, we the unexpected bit, at least for me, was the revival of a concept that we had not seen back since the 2.45-ish days. I forget exactly when it was. Uh, Alphano's uh, dream of creating a grand company for Eorzea United. Crystal Braves 2.0. Yeah, this time oh, with some lessons learned. Yeah, we don't. Uh... A few, I hope. Yeah. Uh, so we did, of course, have that. Uh, seeing the tears welling up in his eyes was just like a really sweet moment. He's come so far. Oh, ever so since those days where he was just like poking along on the road, trying to gather firewood. Not be completely uh, useless. So, did you uh, uh, choose the name, or did you let uh, Alice blurt the name out? Uh, I let Alice go ahead and do it. I was like, this would be a it's like this would be a completely inappropriate time to be a space case, but it'd be <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> also, I suck at naming things. Like personally, I struggle with it. So it's like, you know what? We're just gonna go with this. Not everyone can come up with the perfect bone malt when the situation demands. It happens. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the Grand Company of Eorzea is it, it's more than Eorzea now because we've got Eorzea, we've got Authard, we've got uh... yeah. So Doma, we've got everybody. But yes. Uh, so we are now putting up for once a truly united front against the Garlean threat, the Teleforoi threat. The two are kind of intermelded at this point. Uh, and yeah, uh, especially it took me a moment to realize that quest name, the company we keep being about the creation of this new grand company. Hopefully the one that we are going to keep. Though, of course, gameplay-wise, we are still members of our uh, one of the original three grand companies. There is not like a separate thing with different... This is more like a kind of symbolic thing rather than a, okay, you're now a member of this and this is your rank in it kind of thing. It's kind of like an, it's a, a level up of the Aorzean Alliance. Yeah. You might also give it like a United Nations kind of thing, except definitely a bit more like, okay, there's actually a specific military focus to it. Sarah, oh. I have a reference for you. Yes. Do you remember the original Iron Chef? Very vaguely. There was three chefs that were the greatest chefs in the world or whatever. And then there was like a fourth chef and everything in the set was very obviously built for three people. And then they just kind of shoehorned the fourth guy in because yep. they needed another cast member because they ran out of stuff to do. 
Right. This is the Iron Chef Italian version <laughs> of the Grand Company. Oh. <laughs> it just sort of gets added to the side. Cold, cold. That is mean to Alpha, though. That is mean to everybody, and I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it's more symbolic than a thing that at this point has a gameplay impact. Though maybe they'll give us like a new outfit as like a quest reward or something later on. I don't know. I liked Iron Chef Italian, by the way. Yeah. Dude, he's <laughs> actually pretty solid, but it was just so janky. Yeah, it was uh, Hiroyuki Sakai, wasn't it? Uh, Masahiko Kobe. Oh, Masahiko don't worry, Kobe? I'm already okay. coming up with terrible images no, for yeah. stuff. There's, there's too many different Iron Chefs. I get them all confused, but I know I remember Morimoto and uh, Chen. Chef Chen was awesome. <laughs> Anyway, mm -hmm. before we get uh, down our Iron Chef rabbit hole, which we could easily go yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this would be a delightful distraction, but... Uh, yep, yep, yep. So, after that, uh, Alpha No, of course, has been asked as part of his role in this to provide a report about the original Crystal Braves and the lessons learned from that so that they can avoid repeating those mistakes in the next time around. Which he mentioned that he's actually been writing this report the entire time anyways. Like, dude reflects on his mistakes a lot. He's very thoughtful. Also, maybe a little self-flagellated. This a nerd. has never been in doubt. Never. <laughs> oh, uh, so, for that, uh, the end of that quest and the start of the next one has us going around to talk to previous members of the Crystal Braves, both those who stuck around for the uh, and stayed with the science and stuck around for the next incarnation, and those who left. So the ones who left, uh, Alice and Graha talked to, just to get a little bit more of the okay, what about this sucked, and we just get a little a little bit more plot exploration of okay. What was it? What was the things that worked about it that made people stick around? What were the things that didn't work that made people uh, decide to just uh, give up after the original one broke down? And a lot of it ends up being about the idea of united in this common cause. Those who were in it because it's like, okay, this is a neat job opportunity. They're doing the money. They're doing the fame or the like. They're not as much sticking around. Those who really believed in the mission were the ones. And so, like, united uh, in purpose, which seems like this uh, thing that they really want to get to as we're coming to this uh, big climactic showdown, having all the peoples of Eorzea, of Othard, of all those other ones, like, kind of united in this common purpose, having the same goal. Like, it's an interesting little thing to touch on and explore a little bit, and I hope they'll do more with that. Uh... As we're uh, finishing up that report, uh, we find out for the Twin Adder that Charlayne has finally sent an envoy to respond to the formal request that the Eorzean Alliance had made for assistance with this whole Telephoroi, Lunar Primals thing. Which, I mean, I think the expectation had been that we'd send a request and there would be no answer, and that would be their answer, because that's the Charlayan way. But no, they actually sent an emissary to respond. We hustle our way over to the Lotus Stand to meet the the most punchable person of the next expansion. He's not the Levier uh, Patriarch uh, Forshanal. We saw him in the trailer. Dude has resting bitch face something fierce. Like, 
I don't know what's going on behind the eyes, but he just permanently looks kind of angry. And he has not really like he is in, uh, in part carrying the message uh, the message of the entire forum uh but it seems like it's something that he holds to himself no we don't actually believe this is the final days they made he made an interesting comment about we would know if it was and that one really has gotten a lot of attention paid to it and a little bit of curiosity about if charlayan knows something that they're not telling us I mean, they almost certainly do, but what exactly well, yeah. it is they know that they're not telling us? They're the ones that are doing all this. I mean, that's one possibility. <laughs> I really hope that it's not true, but uh, the way yeah. they're acting, you know, it's... They, they now, just... and of, course, of course, in addition to uh, the representative of the forum, uh, Charlene's ruling body, he is also uh, Alphano and Alsay's dad. And uh, Louis Soie's son, of course. Uh, Alphano and Alice, uh, he, like, he does ask them to go ahead and return with him, or let's ask and more say, like, hey, it is time to do this. Like, you've had your explanation, you've had a thing here, but you need to start growing up and being an adult about well, this. Playtime is over. Yeah. And they very strongly disagree. They've spent their own time out in the world. They've come to conclusions that are much more like their grandfathers than their fathers. And we had always seen that he didn't like the fact that they were going, but he also respected their ability to make their own choices on this. But this time around, he is a lot less forgiving, especially once they start actively challenging him about his stance on it. And once we start joining in, uh, the man disowns both his kids. Yeah. A lot of people are so mad at him about that. Uh, a few are wondering how their mom is going. That side thing. Uh, in one of the little bits of banter beforehand, uh, the kids have been writing to their mom. So they're anime protagonists but that have both parents alive. That's like weird, right? A little bit. Don't trust it. Huh. There's a lot of speculation about if the uh, if the mom may be instrumental somehow in getting us into Charlayan or in helping us in our stuff there. Or if maybe she's down with all this. Who even knows? Oh, but yes. Uh, we get a fiery denunciation from Forchanel, uh Leaves making it very clear that Charlene will not be helping in this. That they will be maintaining uh, their stance. That theirs is not to be involved, but simply to observe. Uh, reminded again of a bit about the New Year's poem uh, that we got. Where it's talking. Uh, that it does seem more and more likely is going to be uh, from a Charlene. In fact, possibly from uh, Forchanal himself. Let me find the text of that again. Here we are. From the Journal of a Resolute Man. Our progeny may never know wherefore we look unto the sky, nor why we dig for truths below. We bear their scorn or watch them die. Although it's still a little bit murky, general consensus is that a likely interpretation is that this would be uh, someone from Charlayan, possibly Forchanal himself. 
uh, Charlene astrology, of course, the uh, looking to the sky, and the digging for truths below, we have things like the anti-tower dug to actually observe the ethereal sea, and this idea that, hey, they're like looking to all these different places observing, and that this is something that's just really important. The, we bear their scorn or watch them die. They are absolutely convinced that this is the correct route for things. Which, again, makes us wonder, is there something that they know that we don't? The fact that we talk about the final days are upon us, and they say, we would know if it was the final days. It's like, that is not the answer I would have expected. Yep. How but yeah, a so lot of people of start hoping things? that... Hmm? How can they be so certain of these things? Yeah. Are they, are they just that, you know, full of themselves? It's possible. They might be uh, just like that supremely arrogant or mired in their traditions. They might have been misinformed or even like being deceived by some Asian influence or some other thing. They might legitimately know something that we don't. And they're like, if we tell them, they'll just muck it up. We don't know. And it really is feeling a lot more like, okay, there is something that we're missing in here. We are going into this missing something important. Like, it really feels like we know, like, we know that there's something important that we don't know. And that would probably change how we're treating this if we did know it. At the same time, I don't think we would be the warrior of light that everyone knows and loves and reveres and occasionally tells rumors about pants stealing if we didn't go into it anyways. I still love that whole story about that. <laughs> stealer the, rumor about that. the rumor mill did it. I swear, the first time I saw that line, I was like, oh my god, someone saw me! <laughs> oh... But yeah, even the disowning has made the uh, has just made the Levier twins that much more resolute in their path. A lot of people are saying like, okay, this means we can adopt them, right? Mm. I mean, I feel like do we want to? Mm. I mean, like Alpha knows <laughs> like reasonably non-offensive. Nah, I would take Alice over Alpha No any day. He would destroy everything. But Can be you tell them apart? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what if they do a twin switch? <sighs> Estinian couldn't tell. It is Estinian, though. He's kind of... Uh... No, it, it is a running joke thing that if not for the distinctive outfits, it is, in fact, lots of people have trouble telling the two of them apart. They are definitely not sensitive to this in any way. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So, we do uh, It does seem like we're resolved not just to keep going on as fast, to, but to actually visit Charlene, see if we can find more information. Kryle uh, and Graha are, do seem to be searching for an avenue that we can use to get in. Uh, that's something that will probably be resolved as we start off uh, Ed Walker, as it, uh, we get the... I would expect that we'll get a report back about, hey, we've discovered this means by which we can get you in. Yeah, there's a, probably a good chance we'll be in Charlene pretty early on in the game. That's kind of my expectation. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, 
But at the end of that, we're kind of in the same position as we were before. Uh, it is not going to be Heidelin United, or at least greater the uh, greater three continents, but Eorzea, uh, that's going to be standing against the Telephoroi. So that brings us uh, to our last quest, Death Unto Dawn. I'm still not 100% sure of the meaning of that. It's the name uh, of but, the patch. Well, I mean, yes, that, but what that path name actually means. Anyways, as we're discussing the implications of this, we get interrupted by a messenger reporting that the Telephoroi has uh, charged uh, through uh, Zelfatal, taking Ixal captives as they go. Uh, they have already continued on, moving towards uh, Kurthus, uh, which Ashgardian uh, troops are moving to try to intercept them, but it seems like their uh, goal is not Ishgard, but somewhere else. Uh, the group quickly figures out that uh, their uh, actual uh, goal is going to be the Cartano Flats. They want to play some just... PvP. Woo! <laughs> well, at least the, they were the, like, the yeah. map got some use again. Yeah. I really like a lot of those. I really wish I could explore them in a little more depth and look around. Pretty much the only time you can is during the PvP match, and I do feel bad about just, like, leaving my team to do whatever just so I can explore. Plus, of course, if you get attacked by the other team, that keeps you from actually, like, observing too much. You, you, uh, you can't say, I'm a Crystal Brave! I'm not one of the other three! <laughs> I'm neutral! I'm a medic! They know to target the medics first! Crap! <laughs> Run away! <sighs> anyway. But yes. Uh, so, as we prepare to move out to Cartno, we do get one of my actually favorite scenes of this set of three quests. Uh, for Dola, who I am more and more convinced is one of the best characters of Stormblood. Don't at me. Or you know what? At me. I would totally have that argument. But she is the best character of Stormblood. FFXIBSEYRR on Twitter. <laughs> Stordola is fucking fascinating as a foil to several different characters as a sec- Anyways, anyways, I will not go into that right now. But she has showed up in Gridania uh, to do something a little unexpected. She has brought a visitor with her. Against medical advice, she has uh, snuck our good friend R involved out of uh, the Frontistory ward to have one last little talk with Alphano. Sneaking him out against medical advice is absolutely a Fordola move, move, and I was just like, aww, that's so perfect. Also, I hope this doesn't have implications for his recovery. It probably won't. Probably. At least it's not going to make it, it any worse than it already was. Maybe. Because we actually, Ehrenwald comes to us in a wheelchair. Uh, he's not, he is conscious, he's talking, but it does. Uh, he has been told that he may never walk again due to the injuries that he sustained in the tower. Uh, and so he and Alphano have one last uh, talk, kind of exploring this idea of like this uh, dream and this goal being passed on to another person, how the, uh, the other scions who were killed in the raid various rates he took on other thing for them he's now passed it on what the nature of a hero is they have this just really nice touching chat that kind of gives alphano the resolve that he needs going into this battle uh 
I don't really feel like I can do it justice summarizing it, so I'm going to say just go ahead and watch it. This is a cutscene that is worth not skipping or that is worth going back and watching, because it's just like a really good moment. Oh. And with that uh, uh, finished with, uh, we uh, prepare ourselves for the last solo duty of the expansion, which, oh my god, what a goddamn amazing set piece this is. As the entirety of the Scions uh, take to the fields of Cartno to engage the Telephoroi, uh, whose ranks have been swollen with uh, tempered uh, soldiers, beastmen, Grand Company members, all sorts. It's a kind of brother against brother, a confused melee, where you can never quite tell which of them are going to be on your side. Except for the ones in Garlean uniforms. You know they're going to be against you. <laughs> and it becomes this... You get this really beautiful, amazing set piece that at various points switches to a tactical map to show uh, the different units that you've broken up into. Because with everything going on, there's a lot to be handled. And so the Scions uh, break into several groups uh, to engage the enemy, to protect various objectives, to start untempering people. There's a lot going on in there. We get role several role-playing segments. Uh, I believe with this one, we act every active member of the Scions at the point that they had started uh, introduced the role-playing segments, we have played as every single one of them once. Because, let's see, we do get a Yishtola sequence, we get a Oriange uh, sequence, uh, we do get an Alice sequence, so those are the three that we had not had a Wait, I think no, we, we had Ishtola in the past. We had Ishtola before. Do we have another? Because we had Oriange, we had Alice. I could have sworn there was another one before the Warrior of Light. I think it was just the three. Okay. And at that last one, it's like, okay, it is probably the Warrior of Light. But part of it was like, maybe it will be in this segment, you will play as whatever, while the Warrior of Light is just doing Warrior of Light things. <laughs> On reflection, that it probably makes more sense to let us be us for the biggest climactic battle. Uh, because as we uh, move about the battlefield, uh, responding to various units, we find that the Telephoroi are attempting to release a uh, damage and destroy uh, ethereal nodes that are going to set off a chain reaction to create Effectively, the magical equivalent of a nuclear explosion. They're basically going to take all of the different ethereal energies that are um, con uh, congregating within uh, the Cartano Flats, and it's basically going to create a chain reaction that's going to push out throughout Eorzea and basically destroy the entire planet. Right. Like, at least that's our best guess. It's not like we have a lot of time to do analysis. No, we have to kick some ass to yeah. keep it from happening. So yes, going around, jumping between several uh, different teams. And yes, Talas, you should play this game. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a... It's this is it a sounds interesting, finally! It's really good. It is a really well done set piece, just like as this big climactic conclusion to the entire Especially thing. Especially if you enjoy the uh, the roleplay segments where you're playing as one of the other characters. It, it that If you enjoy that part of it, it's a lot of fun, because like I said, we get two segments of that plus... Um, you know, our fight against um, one of three different uh, uh, lunar primals. Yeah, there se uh, several lunar primals uh, are engaged in there. The lunar Odin one is causing people to ask a 
fair number of questions because for the others we have a okay they captured people of whatever one and made them do the thing that makes a lunar summoning yeah. but odin's summoning was odin? a weird odin summoning is a weird special case that has me wondering how they did it but you know what rule of cool we're not worrying about it right this moment yeah in in that case yes but just getting back to the whole odin thing the primal is the sword correct yes and the the energies are based off of the last person who defeated at least the mechanics in the game. Oh. The last person who defeated uh, the, the 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 summoned primal, uh, it, it takes on their vestige. Uh, not quite that. It's more like it grabs them for use as a host. Okay, but I mean, well, in the game, it, like, it, it takes it just it it's the copy uh, of the person who dealt the the, the killing blow. Yeah, uh, st- yeah. Is it because story-wise, whoever touches it, because it's such an ethereally dense, powerful, yada 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 thing, whoever touches it is effectively immediately tempered and goes off to wield the sword. Which is why, gameplay-wise, it looks like one of the, la- the last person defeated it, because like there's sort of a, okay, they defeated it and then picked up the sword and then became the new Odin. Mm, okay. I do remember once encountering an Odin that was me. That was pretty entertaining. I had not known that I'd gotten the killing blow the last time Odin was up. Yeah, I haven't killed Odin in so long. It's, yeah. It's been ages. Uh, but so, yeah, the existence of Lunar Odin is a little weird, given the other stuff we know about how they're uh, making Lunar Primals, but... Whatever, I'm sure they'll hand wave that later. Gray Honey Badger saying in chat, and that is why you wear gloves when touching dangerous artifacts. Exactly. <laughs> that way the glove players simply... picked up a sword that they didn't know had power, and he then immediately tried to kill the party and kill himself. So just be oh. careful when touching Always dangerous a fun things, time. please. Oh. Anyway. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, big set piece for that. Lots going on there. Uh, conc- uh, concludes with a little bit of discussion about what the Telephoroi's aims are. And then everyone, for some reason, looking up at the full moon in the background. And then a switch over to a scene over in Garlemald, where Xenos and Fandaniel make a number of cryptic comments that, again, everyone is merrily working to attempt to interpret. Uh, given what we know about the fact that we're going to the moon, that the moon is a thing that Zodiac was encased in, or, uh, like, put in when it was kicked out of the planet by Heidelin, a lot of the other stuff like that, there's, this feels like a lot of foreshadowing that we're going to explore once Endwalker comes back. <laughs> Including, of course, one last little poem to close out things. And then credits roll. And then there's a little bit more because we haven't actually gotten the quest complete yet. True. Oh, there is nothing special in the credits. I stayed to watch the whole thing. Not because I was looking for anything in the credits, but I'm the kind of person who stays in the movie theater until the lights come up. They worked hard and they deserve to have someone recognize them. Fair. Uh, And yeah, I would have watched the entire credits, but I think I had something else I had to do. And I didn't have the time, unfortunately. So, but yeah, there's no, most of the time, at least with this, I I do watch the credits because there's usually a little bit of entertainment, you know, throughout them as well as you kind of get the montage of the different uh, images as well. 
yeah, there's lots of like oh, some of the artwork, some of the reminders of all the different things we went through. And especially as we're moving into this thing that's kind of this big culmination yeah. that they've been emphasizing over and over. I mean, look at the Endwalker trailer and how they reference the leap motifs of all of the other expansions in the music or other things like that. Yeah. Though, yeah, uh, Pyrocats in the chat saying reaching like it's like reaching the end of the arc on in Naruto or whatever anime you're watching. We're close. We're close to the ending of the arc. We we have yeah. 6.0 yet until we actually end this story. Yeah. So, I mean, again, a little... Like, I talked about the previous uh, patches as being kind of a table-setting type thing, and it's like, okay, this is it. This is, like, the last little bits to set up, all the last little things having everything in place for that. Yep, the pieces are in place, the board is set, we are ready to finish uh, our final chess match. The, pl the players have tr are treading the boards, and the play is ready to begin. Like, Sam Daniels uh, melodramatic enough. I could see him as a Kuja stand-in. And Grahatia is like a Dash stand-in. My fanfic's coming true after all. No, your fanfic is dead. I haven't actually written it. I just came up with the most crack parried I could think of off the top of my head. But now it is canon. What do you do with this guy? Don't indulge me. I learned the wrong long I learned the wrong lessons from it. <laughs> but is it November yet? I really kind of want to play Endwalkers. <gasps> I I want to play Endwalker. It's gonna be. I, I'm I'm so hyped for it. It's it's gonna be amazing to see what how this story actually ends. But uh, yeah, that is the end of 5.55 and uh, the, the final storyline of Shadowbringers. Oh, so that's a lot of uh, stuff that we've been through over the, uh, the past two plus years, so. Yeah, I, like when I was looking at the patch notes, because even though they don't give the names, they at least list the like with question marks. I was like, only three quests, but there was a lot to mm -hmm. those three quests yeah because we had to in, in that last battle scene we had to fight not only lunar odin but we had a lunar ravana and then we had lunar ifrit yeah. i'm i wonder if we're going to see more lunar primals in uh, the beginning of uh of endwalker or it might be something that shows up from time to time like I mean, one of the things, of course, is that there are so many primals that could exist. Uh, if looking at the stuff from the Sorrow of Werelet, uh, all of those weapons had absorbed various primals that had mm -hmm. affected their combat capabilities. Uh, a lot of them from various resistances in other parts of uh, the three great continents. Yes. Grey, Grey Honey Badger saying, now we need a Lunar Vox. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Please don't make any PDR host, past or present, into a primal. I can't believe I need to tell you people that! Come on, gather all of your crystals and, and, and use the summoning energy to, to bring about the, uh, the, the, the mommy of darkness. Why are you <laughs> encouraging them? Because I can. Not like you listen to me okay, anyway. Okay, reasonable answer. <laughs> 
But, um, you know, it actually, what you were talking about there, Sarah, it actually goes even deeper when you get over into uh, um, um, Zadnor. We see see a number of the... uh, um, the the different uh, primals and uh, um and and that from uh, the Rabinaster area. All so right. there's a lot of things from um, twelve and tactics. One wonders if how uh, she asks, or possibly even Fan Daniel has just been popping around to teach more and more different groups summoning to create more and more primals that could be then used as fuel for all these different things. You know, it it is entirely Pyro- possible. <laughs> a lot of people say that and I don't know why because we love your reactions apparently my despair is entertaining or fun I shall give you despair ooh like <laughs> Harry and David's I love their themes yes instead of dat pair <laughs> dat pair Anyway. And it doesn't quite work the same. Nope. Ah. But, uh, no, and like I said, in a future episode, we will discuss more about the um, Save the Queen storyline, give Sarah a chance to go through that. It's Yeah, now that we've got all the stuff to complete and put it all together, I, mean, I am looking forward to seeing what they've done with it. And it, it does make sense, you know, if, you know, Xenos has had any influence on what the fourth is doing in um Damasca. So it it's possible that, you know, Fan Daniel's influences is, you know, being spread throughout the, the uh, different uh um groups in the Garlean Empire. Yeah. Who knows? But like I said, they've become so splintered since uh the, the death of Varus, it's 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 hard to say. Uh war of succession and then a bunch of people coming in and tampering you will do that. Yeah. I almost feel sorry for, not for Garlemald, but like for its people. Yeah, just the average citizen. Yeah. And doubly so for those who have been, uh, um, um, basically, uh, dragooned in the non jumping sense of the word. Sure. I'm, the word I'm trying to think of is, um, occupied. Yes, then yes. People who are effectively dragged into the fight, who are forcibly conscripted. And not even conscripted, but just, you know, forced to have to live under uh, this occupation. Yeah. But yeah. It It, is not a fun time in Garland all these days. But it's interesting how this video game makes us think about all of these real-world parallels and um, think about how, you know, not real people in these video games are having to suffer through all this. And then it kind of reminds us how real people are having to suffer through all all this. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Like video games are good art. Good art holds the mirror up to nature. I will (sighs) say towards the end of Stormblood having to be like, we have finally freed them. However, you're never really free when you've been occupied for that long. There's whole generations of people that don't know any different. And that's not something that we can solve in one fight and a cool cutscene. So like, like that's yeah, we've interacted with some of these characters for years. 
watching them succeed, we get to succeed. Watching them fail, we feel that pain too. I think I love this game, even though I'm not playing it right now. The biggest reason why I am so invested in this game, I mean, as much as I played 11, it doesn't have mm-hmm. nearly as as much uh, in-depth story as as 14 has had. Like, 11 has a fun story in its own right, but there's like this... And maybe it's just like having gotten older and like knowing more about the world and all the different things going on and seeing this thing that explores these questions and these topics that I have. It's like, I haven't really seen anything that really got into it in, t- in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eleven didn't delve this deep in, into these types of um, of situations, so it's it's kind of yeah. nice, you know. It, it's a very a lot of stuff doesn't. Yeah, it's a very mature in that aspect game, but uh, you know, it still has a lot of interesting and fun things. So I mean, and then you get to have Hildebrand nonsense to take the edge off. We need more Hildebrand. I want Hildebrand back. He's on the moon. I uh, better be <laughs> right. Because let's see, last he time be. he he got pulled into a weird portal thing, and then we had like a shade of him as a gentleman of light who is very confused that occasionally shows up in the hero's <laughs> gauntlet. That's hilarious. What? What? Where, where yeah. am I? Love yeah, that. Like, I'm it, so happy. Yeah, it's amazing. Great stuff. It's uh, reasons why we continue to have had almost 150 episodes talking about this game. And other games, but mostly this game. Mostly this game, yeah. But, um... But it's... Uh, God, I... I don't know how they're going to finish it, and... Like, oftentimes I'd be like, okay, this is such a huge thing, like, I'm worried they're gonna fuck... I'm not worried that they're going to fuck it up. But I am curious as to what they're going to do. Like, what kind of message will they explore with this? Mm-hmm. And then where will we go after? That's, uh, I think, my biggest concern is, is what is the story going to be like um, in 6.1? I'm going to just hang out on my island sanctuary for the next three patches. Thank you. <laughs> la, la, la. Hey, hey, hey. Now I'll be able to bring a scythe to it. You always have been able to. Weirdly, that somehow makes it better. I, I, I wish find... it didn't, but it kind of does. I am going to find Camo's picture of Xenosia Galvis as a farmer on the island sanctuary now. <laughs> and on that bombshell... Oh, thank you, Internet. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. <laughs> If you liked what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. It does help people uh, find our podcast as well as lets us know what you guys think. If you really dig the show, consider joining us here live every other Saturday night at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio and consider subscribing where you get access to a number of subscriber-only badges and emotes and uh, just having a good time with us here. If you really dig the show, you can consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio like our benevolent overlord, Aurori Fenrir. All proceeds go towards growing the show, cover things like um, hosting costs, allow us to do some giveaways, and improve the overall quality of our podcast. So uh, um, it's very helpful. But any kind of support 
whether it's emails, likes, tweets, or retweets, subscriptions, whatever, it's always greatly appreciated. We love interacting with you guys and the rest of the community. Um, if you want to catch our uh, backlog of podcasts, you can go out to our website, phoenixstarradio.com. Um, you can email us, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. Don't forget to email your entries to our contest uh, with your idea for what you want a, uh, a Final Fantasy game uh, genre to be. Spin-off. Let's go with spin-off. I think that's probably the easiest way to summarize. Yep. Yep. Or Final Fantasy in a different game genre. If you're going to suggest Monster Hunter, you better make it better than Explorers. (laughs) That's Um, not hard to do. Explorers was trash. uh Though I I think 13.2 did a great job of the Pokemon style game. It did. <laughs> it was Pokemon um, and it Chrono Trigger Pokemon. That was fun. Yeah, it was Pokemon Chrono Trigger and a little bit of something else. And gosh, oh, yeah. found it. But yeah, make sure to uh, email us those uh, entries and you'll get your chance to winning uh, one of uh, three prizes. So look forward to reading those. You can hit us up on Twitter at PHXDN Radio or you can uh, check out all of our. Um, videos out on our youtube site youtube.com slash phoenix down radio shout outs who wants to go first i'll take this one because i've got some cool people to shout out like gray honey badger who's in the chat throwing in some ideas for the contest but you need to email us my Podcast friend thinks radio.com that would be important also flesh them out a little bit yep. like that's a good top line summary but give us some detail mm-hmm. explain some of the bits uh also gonna shout out the guys that made the final fantasy one randomizer webpage for being trolls and uh making the round one qualifier randomizer borderline impossible uh i had to fight tiamat with no airship no class change uh my highest level spell was ice two that i picked up at level four uh yeah that was awful thank you guys for making a challenge i did beat it i i did beat it but it took like six days it was really hard um no black no black shirt no zeus gauntlets no mage staff no thor hammer no magic basically i like re-rolled with like two fighters a black belt and a red page just to survive like it was tough but thank you guys for making cool challenges. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to harass me about randomizer stuff or FFTCG things or Final Fantasy tabletop games, uh, find me on the Discord. I am Marvelous Tofu. Or you can find me on Instagram, which I respond to every once in a while, also at Marvelous Tofu. Very nice. Sarah? All right. Uh, shout out to sleep. I miss you. Come back. All is forgiven. And cool air. Yes. Uh, shout out to my housemates for being really good sports about, uh, we had to empty out the kitchen. We had exterminators come over. 
that is thankfully taken care of. But they were really good about, okay, let's take the opportunity to actually clean out a bunch of things and figure out how to reorganize the kitchen. And it is much more usable now. So thank you for that. Uh, shout out to my friend Jason, who introduced me to Heinanese of uh, chicken. I forget the exact name of it. It's not fried. Hainanese style chicken, which I had for the first time today, and oh my god, I have a new comfort food for when I am sick. It's so pleasant and soothing, and it, it, it feels like wholesomeness. It's like chicken's like I described pho as like chicken soup plus plus, and this is like more. Hmm. Oh, it's they like poach the chicken and then they use the poaching liquid I mean like ginger and scallions, like and they use the poaching liquid to make rice. Nice. So you have like this really well unified uh, flavor. You have like this really tender, soft chicken. Uh, the sauces on it usually have a lot of ginger on it. So it's like this really super comforting food. Awesome. Oh, so yes. Uh, and shout out to the chat, which has been fun and engaging and uh, not quite a risotto. It's more like like, you just use water for making uh, rice normally, <laughs> but instead of water, you just use the liquid that you were using uh, from the uh, uh, from poaching the chicken. Like, a risotto would be class. much more mixed. Okay. It is really, really good. We can uh, talk about that in the post show. Is, yeah. yeah it, turns out there's, it turns out there's a place that's like two miles from me that does it. I did not know it was so close. I did not know it was a thing. I did not know it was so good. They also have fried tofu, which I just love as a marriage of contrasting textures. But we'll get into food chat later. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF... What are you laughing at? You. Fair. You can find me on Twitter at FF14SER. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R, where I post ramblings about food, fun library stuff, and retweets of the latest nonsense that Moose and the other lore mongers have gotten up to. Matt, right before an expansion, it's the prime time for, like, just the weirdest shit we can think of. It's great. Also, Camo is right. Merylib and Khan Isena are totally dating. This is canon. I declare it. They're so cute together! You're gonna have to mute him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's pictures. They're very sweet. There's sparkles Where's and they look my so mute happy. Button? <laughs> you can't is. silence the truth. I but I can mute you. <laughs> and I have. And I want to shout out uh to my co-host, the muted Sarah and Talis. <laughs> All right. Did you actually mute him? Yeah, I did. <laughs> now he's on. Oh mute. my god, you did. All right. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, you make you make it we interesting. You make it fun. Um, shout out to everybody joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Star Radio. Shout out to those who joined me during my uh, Final Fantasy VII inter intermission streams. Uh, uh, Seven Deadly Streamers was there. Uh, shout out to Demon uh, Squirrels who raided us on Thursday. Um, shout out to Rory as always because you're just awesome. Uh, shout out to Underachieving Toko Sentai for tonight's raid. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by. We hope you guys appreciated or enjoyed your time here, and we appreciate uh, you guys stopping in. Um, and uh, 
yeah, just a reminder that there will be no episode in two weeks. Um, I will be on vacation. So shout outs to vacation. And uh, hopefully vacation, a nice vacation all you ever wanted. And demonetized. <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, the week that I'm up at the lake cabin will be uh, um, invigorating and uh, help me to kind of recenter and get back to a good positive time. So um, you can find me out on Twitter at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S. I've been trying to tweet more on both uh, mine and the show's Twitter. Um, if you guys want, like I said, it, it always helps if you guys hit us up with uh, questions or things you want to uh, talk about. You know, we can only self-promote so much before it gets extremely boring and uh, non-productive. So I try to avoid that. And you have seen what I will do rather than have us be boring. You don't want that. Yeah. I mean, maybe you do. Some of you seem to think this is hilarious. Well, you're not wrong, but uh, you are... There's better alternatives. Some, you are kind of entertaining sometimes, so we'll, we'll, we'll take it. But uh, thank you again for a, uh, another amazing episode, guys. For my co-hosts, Sarah Timono, for Tal is Marvelous, I'm Klaus Nightbeer, and wishing everybody a wonderful evening. We will see you in a month. And we'll talk to you later. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by Guitar Linker 90. Please check out the full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarlanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.